Caitlin. Hi, Haley. You didn't hear it. I just stubbed my toe. Like, literally <laughs> right as we started. <laughs> I kind of heard it a little bit. I went to, like, adjust where I was sitting and my foot slipped. No, no adjustments. Suffer. Oh, I'm suffering. <laughs> Speaking of suffering, you're listening to Crime Culture. Oh, come on. Oh. You can suffer your way through another episode. I guess. This one's a creepy one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not pleased. I'm not ready for that. Yeah, this was a, a Patreon pick. By the way, if you okay. join the Patreon, you can uh at at a certain level, you can uh be entered into a poll where each month you get to pick an episode. Yeah. Pretty much. So this was our Patreon winner for the month of August. And I'm really glad because it's super creepy. And it's a hometown story. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording late today. Well, late for me on the East Coast. And I have all of the lights off and I'm all alone. Because you like to torture yourself. Yeah. So let's get into it. So this is, if you've seen the uh, title, it's The Westfield Watcher, also known as just The Watcher. Okay. So we're talking about a specific house. Um, I guess you can call it a haunted house because it's haunted by The Watcher. So the house in question is 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Now, I've never been to Westfield. I think it's more towards central Jersey. Okay. Not exactly sure. Um, I know there's like a chain of malls called like the, the Westfield, Westfield Mall. malls. Yeah. 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 So I don't Who know if doesn't know a Westfield mall. I'm pretty sure they're everywhere. Really? It's not just an East coast thing. I mean, it, no, I there's an, there's a ton of Westfields out here in California. Oh, well that's the first time I've ever heard Westfield. And now it's a town in Jersey, which I didn't know when I've lived here my whole life. Anyway. So it's about 45 minutes away from New York and uh, it's not hip enough for singles to be living there, which means that the town's 30,000 residents are largely wealthy families, like about a lot of small towns in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So um, at one point, Bloomberg ranked Westfield as the 99th richest city in all of America. And uh, it was Is only 18. Yeah. <laughs> the 18th wealthiest in New Jersey itself. And in 2014, when our story takes place, when that the watcher was active, uh, the website neighborhood scout called Westfield, the country's 30th safest town. Wow. Which that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucking safe considering fucking crazy. Uh, well, Westfield is 86% white. That's actually, that's pretty impressive. That's less white than I thought it was going to be. Yeah? Yeah. I was going to say 100% white, but yeah, yeah. it's 86% white. Um, so the house, 657 Boulevard, it was built in 1905, and it's one of the grandest homes on the block. And when John and Andrea Woods, the house's owners, put it on the market, they received multiple offers above asking price. And it was ultimately purchased by Derek and Maria Brodus in June 2014. So for the Broduses, buying this house had fulfilled a huge dream because Maria was raised in Westfield. And uh, the house was actually just a few blocks away from her childhood home. Okay. And Derek grew up in working class Maine and then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford the house of $1.3 million. Oh. Which is, wow. I mean, I live in an area next to a very, very wealthy area, and there's a ton of houses that are, like, multi-million dollars. It's insane. Yeah. um, I grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, there's (laughs) there's definitely some grand homes out there. So this house had six bedrooms, and um, only six yeah uh and the kids were really excited because they were debating which of the house's four grand fireplaces santa claus would use oh my god (laughs) yes and derek and maria um had just bought the house um right as derek was celebrating his 40th birthday so it was like a a big milestone to buy this house jesus i'm not gonna be able to afford a fucking garage when i'm 40 
yeah i can live in a fucking postage stamp that's like yes <laughs> that's pretty much it um so our story kind of begins um right after they buy the house so it was one night in june like three days after the closing of the house Derek Brodus had just finished an evening of painting um, inside the house, like in various rooms, and he went outside to check the mail. And since Derek and Maria had just bought the house and were doing some renovations before they moved in, there wasn't much mail except for a few bills and then a white card-shaped envelope with no return address. Oh. And it was addressed in thick, chunky handwriting to the new owner. Oh. Creepy. So when is this? This is before like people can look up on the internet who lives there, right? Uh, June twenty fourteen. That's not that long ago, right? Yeah, no, that's true. I'm just there was like Zillow and stuff. I'm thinking like like, old people. Like, I just I don't know, man. I don't know. Three days after a closing, that information's probably not online yet because the deed needs to be processed, and there's like a lot of things that go into it. But um. So the letter began pretty nice. It said, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Okay. But then as Derek kept reading, things took a turn. As Uh, they do. uh, One line saying, quote, how did you end up here? And, quote, did 657 call you with its force within? Which, all right. (laughs) All right. Weird. So then it goes on to say, uh, 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and it, as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched this house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. That's. How would you like that three days after you bought this house? Uh, is is there like you know how with cars you can drive it for like a week and if you don't like it you can you bring t- it back? You just test it for <laughs> yeah. a while. Can I do that no. with the house? <laughs> no, they like, throw the I, keys at oh. you, grab their check, and run away. That's pretty much it. So I just. <sighs> yeah, things got even creepier from there, and the letter writer had also mentioned the Brodus's Honda minivan as well as the workers renovating the house. It went on to say, quote, I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't uh, want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Uh, what? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, this house is, like, breathing. Do you remember that, um, that movie? There was, like, an animated movie from, like, Monster House. The, yes, the early 2000s oh. Monster House. That's how I imagine the house. So I, keep that in your mind as I'm talking about this. Oh, man. Okay, so earlier in that week, Derek and Maria had took their three kids, ages 5, 8, and 10, to meet their new neighbors and play with their children. And as Derek is reading this letter, he realizes that they were being watched at this time. Yeah. So the writer says... You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call out to them and draw them to me. Which is a direct threat to steal your children. That's a definite no thanks. Yeah. That's so... so Yeah, so it ends like this. It says, who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out of any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people that stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. What the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And then it was signed, The Watcher. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) So Derek is on the front porch and he's reading this and it's about like 10 p.m. So he finishes the letter and he was at the house alone. Like I said, he was painting and immediately ran from room to room, turning off all the lights so no one can see inside. Shocking. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So too late, buddy. You've been fucking watched. Well, I mean, but it's not his fault. I mean, in a normal home, 
Yeah, he we has keep no the lights clue. on. Yeah, yeah. So he calls the police, and when the officer arrives and reads the letter, he responds, "Quote: What the fuck is this?" That's quote. Yeah, my feelings exactly. Yeah. So he asked Derek if he had any enemies and suggested that Derek move a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case someone tried to throw it through a window. Which, sure, that's a good suggestion. But also, like, I guess police shouldn't you do like a little bit more? I don't know. Yeah, it seems kind of a cop out. So no, I agree. So that night, Derek and Maria wrote an email to John and Andrea Woods, who was the couple that sold them the house, and asked if they had any idea who the watcher might be or why they had written the letter. Um, They had written in the letter, quote, I asked the Woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened, end quote. Uh. So so the watcher knew who lived there before. They had their names. I don't like it. I don't like it all. I don't like any of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's creepy. So the next morning, Andrea Woods responded with some troubling information. According to her, a few days before moving out, her and her husband had also received a letter from the watcher. Um, She said that the note had been, quote, odd and made similar mentions of the watcher's family observing the house over time. But Andrea said that she and her husband had never received anything like this in the 23 years that they had lived in the house. And they threw the letter away without much of a thought because... They thought it was some weird prank or something. Yeah. But also, like, they've never received anything before? No. They lived there for 23 years, and a couple days before moving out, they got a letter. That's fucking odd. That's, uh, I don't like it. All right, keep going. So, that day, the Woodses and, uh, they went with Maria Brodus to the police station, where Detective Leonard Lugo told her not to tell anyone about the letters, including their new neighbors, who were all now suspects. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So uh, I'm getting a lot of this information from this one big article that um, was written on it by, um, I think it's a subsection of the New York Times, The Cut. Yes, I love The Cut. So The Cut did a huge, long article on it. That's what I'm getting a lot of this information from. So Maria told The Cut about how the family was on edge and went to a barbecue across the street a few days after receiving the letter presumably like they're going to move into this house they want to meet the neighbors keep up appearances even though everyone is a suspect so she said quote people must have thought we were crazy we kept screaming at the kids to stay close end quote which obviously like the letter directly mentioned your children and mentioned that you had three children and the person was like as soon as i learned your kids names all it takes is some rando coming up and being like oh what's your name yeah, exactly. I live in such and such a ta- house where I live in the neighborhood. What's your name? I'm your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids, like, they understand the don't talk to strangers thing. But if you're like, oh, well, if you're my neighbor, like, you're not really a stranger. And you're at this party with safe people. Yeah. You think everyone's there safe. Yeah. And obviously, um, Derek and Maria did not tell their children about this because they're five, eight, and ten. So... Yeah, so why would they? How would they they understand? Right. So they were so stressed in the weeks after reading the letter that Derek canceled a work trip, and when he showed a couple on the block the progress of the renovation, he froze when the wife said, quote, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. (gasps) Yeah, which is weird phrasing. Yeah, it's not a common phrase. I guess not. But, um... I'm spoiler alert. They don't really talk about this, uh, this interaction again. So like this person's not a suspect. I knew yeah. it was too easy. Yeah. So two weeks after receiving the letter, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and check the mail. And she recognized the thick black lettering on a card shaped envelope. And she called the police. This time the letter was addressed, addressed directly to the Brodus's, uh, Spelling their name wrong, but regardless. Um, the letter said... Rude. <laughs> yeah, right? Get my name uh, right or don't get it at all. Right? Throw it directly out. Yeah. <laughs> so the letter said, Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. Uh, what? Right? That's like your insulation is bodies. That's what I'm getting from that. That's 
That's an astute observation, and I would be willing to agree with you on that. Yeah. Here's where That's... it gets... It, it gets creepier and creepier as it goes on. So, if that wasn't terrifying enough, the Watcher then identified each of the three children by birth order and even referred to them by their nicknames. No, no, no! No, yes. no, 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 no. And he says... I disagree. I am he says, I am pleased to know your names now and the names of, you, of the young blood you have brought me. You certainly say their names often. So they were listening as they were calling the kids back to them in terror, presumably. And the watcher then asked about one child in particular who they had seen using an easel on the inside porch, saying, is she the artist in the family? uh-uh yeah uh-uh yeah that's so violating to just that's feel so like so absolutely not like saying saying like each child and that's their nickname that's creepy but then like she was doing something very specific and they knew like how long were they watching for i don't like it yeah. i don't like it at all i don't like it a bit i yeah. am not here for it I don't so, like that. So more of the second letter. Uh, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they afraid to go down alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far I'm away very from the afraid. rest. Of yes, it gets so much creepier already. It <sighs> no. is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream no yeah no yes no 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 that's this is some like when a stranger calls shit like i don't like it oh yes i don't like any of it i don't like it one bit but i do not like it at all of course there's more because why can't we just end it with and they found the guy and they lived happily ever after the end no here we go they can't this is true crime no, it's all, it's all true crime all the time, every day. Um, so he goes on to say, will they sleep in the attic or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who was in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors at 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in, in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Brodus family. Welcome to the product of your life. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You will know, you know I will be watching. What? How yeah. is it greed? They need a place to fucking live. Yeah. They've got three children, and you said there's six bedrooms in this house? Yeah. So mom and dad get a bedroom, children get a bedroom. That's four bedrooms. Then you have an office and a guest bedroom. Boom, settled. Yeah. Greed. I don't know, man. Greed my ass. That yeah, could be the so, Connecticut in me talking. However. I mean, it is a fancy house in a fancy neighborhood. But, I mean, isn't that what everyone wants? Yeah. Isn't that literally the American it's, dream? I was about <laughs> to say, it's the American dream. We like, are born and bred to want this. It takes like, a lot of untraining to not. Are they also installing a white picket fence and just adopted a golden retriever? Like, yeah. this is like white america people yeah <laughs> so it's at this point after receiving this letter that derek and maria stopped bringing the children to the house and they didn't know when or even if they would still move in which sure i mean yeah. that those two letters terrify me yeah and then to top Checks it all out. off several weeks later a third letter a letter arrived and it said, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. No. No, yeah. no, no. No, 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 no. Creepy. Survey says creepy. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the investigation a little bit. So 
one clue was that the letter's postage um, did indicate proximity. They had been processed in Kearney, the U.S. Postal Service Distribution Center in northern New Jersey. And the first was postmarked June 4th, before the sale was public. Um, the Woodses had never put up a for sale sign on the property, so okay. only the parties involved would have known. Okay. And uh, it was only a day after the contractors had arrived at the house. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the renovations were mostly interior, and people who lived nearby said that they didn't notice any unusual sounds, even from jackhammering in the basement. And when Derek and Maria walked Detective Lugo through the house, they showed him that the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house or right next door. Okay. So there's only two places you could have been if you, would, if you knew that easel was there or had yeah. been watching somebody using that easel. Yeah. So... At one point, Derek was talking to John Schmidt, who lived two doors down, and when Schmidt told him about the Langfords, who lived in between them, so right next door to 657, yeah, um, Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and several of her adult children, who were all in their 60s, lived with her. Schmidt said that the family was a little weird, but harmless, and he described one of the younger Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway as, quote, kind of a Boo Radley character, end quote. Poor Boo Radley. He gets such a bad rap. Yeah. He's just a simple... He's, he's quite literally just a simple boy. Yeah. So, means no harm. No. But it was at this but point I that Derek... point. Yeah. So Derek thought he had solved the case at this point. The Langford house was right next to the easel on the porch... The family had lived there since the, 60, the 60s when the watcher's father had begun observing the house, according to the letter. The father, Richard Langford, had died, had died 12 years earlier, and the current watcher claimed to have uh, been on the job for the better part of two decades. Okay. So, I mean, things are starting to line up. I can yeah. see where he's coming from. So the Brodus uh, told Lugo about the family and he said that he had already knew and that a week after the first letter arrived, he brought Michael Langford to police headquarters for an interview. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters, but the Brodises say that Lugo told them that the, quote, narrative of what he said matched things that were mentioned in the letters, uh, saying, quote, this isn't CSI Westfield. When the wife is dead, it's the husband, end quote. Out the mouths of babes cops it's like it kind of reminds me of the last episode when uh when we were talking about the uh the pj and how they like they made up their minds they're like oh this fits perfectly let's go with this so they i don't know i think they they got too fixated on this one person and said like it has to be this person it makes perfect sense but it doesn't have to be them no. But it would be sure as fuck helpful if it was. It would be helpful, but it's not a guarantee. 20 minutes um, in, our episode's over, we go home. <laughs> right? Um, Michael had been diagnosed with schizophrenia as a young man, and he sometimes spooked newcomers to the neighborhood when he did strange things, like walk through their backyard or peek into windows of homes uh, that were being renovated. Um, but those that knew him said that the odd things he did were just unusual neighborly kindnesses yeah. and the neighbor that had uh told derek um about him originally john schmidt said quote he goes out and gets the newspaper for me every morning end quote oh that's really sweet yeah he's just he's a harmless. simple person but yeah he's fucking boot radley yes he is he's he's interested in uh like he must have lived there forever yeah. And is interested in new things that are happening. So if some if a house is being renovated, he wants to see, but is a little, like, spectrum-y yeah. about it. Um, and um, he just wants to meet new people. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's not, not, not a problem. But then, obviously, the, like anybody with uh, a mental handicap is now a suspect. Of course. Yeah. Because so, why can't we make it, I don't know, nice? Why can't we be like, oh, maybe that's not what's going on here. Yeah. And um, I think people in the neighborhood kind of stood up for him 
um, because people who had known him for decades said they didn't think that he was even capable of writing those letters. He wasn't okay. capable of being as creepy as the letters are stating. Okay. So after that lead ran dry and there wasn't much hard evidence to go on. And after a few weeks, the police chief told the Brodises that there wasn't much more that the department could do. Um, Derek said, quote, this is something, this is someone who threatened my kids and the police are saying probably things, uh, probably nothing's going to happen. Probably isn't good enough for me. End quote. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, they directly threaten your, to take your children away, pretty much. So, yeah, God the fuck no. Yeah, you're going to stop at nothing to figure out who this is. Yeah. So, after the second letter, Derek told the cops that if they didn't take care of the situation, they would have a different kind of case on their hands, saying, quote, this person attacked my family, and where I'm from, if you do that, you get your ass beat. End quote. Get him. Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, hold the fuck on, Derek. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Chill beat the ass. Chill for a minute, man. I would not beat the ass of somebody who knows a lot more about you than you know about them. Yeah. Well, I thought he was talking about the police. Because oh, I figured he meant the fucking culprit. Well, he doesn't know who that is. What? I mean, I guess it could be the police, but like... I, I don't know. I think he's just trying to... He says if the police can't do anything, then there's going to be a problem. But like, you don't know who the watcher is so like how are you gonna beat somebody you don't even fucking know who they are but that's what anyway. I, that's my point i see it as him saying he's gonna take matter into his own hands find the guy and beat him up <laughs> calm down dude you either are way vice president of an insurance company exactly sounds about white yeah <laughs> so uh after the story of the watcher reached national media uh national media attention and neighbors of 657 boulevard complained that they had not been interviewed by the police and therefore believe that the investigation was not conducted properly. Um, Baron Chambliss, who was a veteran detective in the Westfield police was asked to look into the case. Now I can also understand that, that it's a little alarming that the neighbors weren't notified, especially if there's a stalker, yeah. I guess you can call it in the neighborhood, but then you also have to think because they were all suspects. That's why they weren't notified. True. True. That's that's actually that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So you're going to compromise the investigation if you tell everyone. But then also, if it's not any of the neighbors, then are you putting them at risk, too? Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's fair. So um, the new guy on the case, Baron Chambliss, uh, he discovered something surprising. Investigators had eventually conducted a DNA analysis on one of the envelopes and determined that the DNA belonged to a woman. Chambliss decided to look more closely at Abby Langford, Michael's sister, who worked as a real estate agent. Uh, he thought maybe she was upset about missing a commission that was right next door. Um, she also worked at the local Lord and & Taylor, and Chambliss coordinated with a security guard there to take a plastic water bottle that she had used during her shift. When they tested the DNA on the water bottle, it was not a match. So that kind of shriveled up. Yeah, that's... It's an interesting thought. Yeah. If she was willing to kind of throw her brother under the bus, say, like, he's the obvious suspect. Right. But then she could be the mastermind behind it. Yeah, no, she could be telling him exactly what to say, what to write, what to do. Or like, doing it herself and kind of framing him. Yeah. But it didn't match, so that didn't make any sense. Mm. So... Conversely, many people thought that the family had come up with the idea of the Watcher themselves. The theory was that the Brodises were feeling buyer's remorse or realized that they couldn't pay for the home, so they created the Watcher as part of a real estate hoax. Derek and Maria insisted that they hadn't, and some people believed that they were angling for a movie deal. The Brodises did receive several offers, but they turned them down. As I'm going to talk about a little later... Lifetime eventually released a movie called The Watcher, despite a cease and desist letter from the Brodises. Lifetime argued that the couple in their movie was biracial, and the letters were signed The Raven. I mean, oh? you can change you can change two things, but like it's the same fucking story. Yeah, that's and those are weird. Like the those Raven? are two weird what things the to fuck? change. Is this a Poe movie? Like no, 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 no. no oh, no. I forgot to tell you. Oh, when, great. <laughs> when I was uh, I was on vacation with one of my friends and we were in a hotel 
and there was nothing on TV and we turned on the Lifetime network and there was a Lifetime oh, no. movie of it was like Gypsy Rose like yeah was there the is one story. with Marsha Gay Harden my queen yeah. it was Oscar like, winner they, they and activist Marsha Gay Harden <laughs> they literally just changed the names it was the same thing yes I was like how did they get away with this shit also, if we're going to be talking about that, quick aside, um, Joey King and Patricia Arquette were nominated for their performances for the, I, I think it was the Emmys. And I'm really proud and happy, even though I had nothing to do with it. That's right. You did the episode on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to this. So, so some of the locals found it interesting that over the course of the decade, the course of a decade, the Broduses had upgraded from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house, to a $1.3 million house, and um, refinance their mortgages. Um, a few weeks after the letters came, or became public, the Westfield leader published an article in which an anonymous neighbor was quoted as asking why the Broduses kept renovating a home that they weren't going to move into, which is an interesting question. Yeah. They kept the workers there, even though they were getting all these letters and they knew they weren't going to move in. So that is weird. I mean, yeah, um, but it's a weird thing to ask. I, I know. Now the neighbors are thinking that, like, the Broduses are technically the newcomers and nothing else had happened in this little neighborhood before. So True. what's the uh, connection here? The new people? It's- that would... I mean, that would kind of make sense. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. So the leader even cast doubt on Maria's commitment to her family's safety, citing as evidence the fact that she had a public Facebook page with photos of her kids. Um, the paper did note that the police had tested Maria's DNA and it didn't match. So okay. she was not a suspect. Okay. That's nice that they were able to clear people, but at the same time, like, let's fucking pick somebody. Not pick yeah, exactly. somebody. Like let's let's find, find the right the person. person. Yes. Yeah. So Derek said that of the accusations, quote, There's a natural tendency to say, I've lived here for thirty five years, nothing's happened to me. What happened to my family is an affront to their contention um yeah, to their contention that they are safe. That there's no such thing as mental illness in their community. People don't want to believe that this could happen in Westfield. End quote. Well it gets the fuck what? It, it did. can. Yeah. It can and it did. Oh, yeah. So, Maria and Derek filed a suit claiming that the previous homeowners, John and Andrea Woods, had knowledge of the property being stalked by the watcher and they didn't disclose it to them before the sale. Very true, very fair. Yeah. They got a letter and they dismissed it and they didn't bother letting the new owners know. They didn't say shit. No. But... Ultimately, Judge Camille M. Kenny threw out the charges and said he didn't want to enforce a burden on future sellers on what they need to dis- to disclose to buyers. I think something like that you should probably disclose, right? I feel like, yeah, I feel like of the things that you should disclose, I, I don't know, man, maybe, I don't know, termites, um, a bad plumbing system, Hauntings. a watcher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, the Woodses weren't really concerned about the letter that they had gotten. Maybe it wasn't as uh, creepy. Or maybe they just didn't take it as being that creepy because, like, I don't know, it was pretty creepy to me. Like, yeah. you're getting a letter from someone who watches your house. At the end of the day, that's not normal. Yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, I don't that's like that. too spooky five me. Um, so after a long drawn out process, trying to get the lot subdivided into two, which would result in the demolition of six, five, seven and the construction of two new houses, the planning board rejected the proposal after a contentious four hour planning board meeting, um, people in the neighborhood. Yeah. People in the neighborhood were against it. They didn't want the two new houses. There was nothing wrong with this house, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the article on the cut, there's a, a whole long section about it but i didn't want to include everything so that's fair after that the broduses put the house on the market again and uh, a family with grown children and two big dogs had agreed to rent 657 boulevard 
The renter told the Star Ledger that he wasn't worried about the Watcher, though he did have a clause in the lease that would let him out um, in case another letter arrived. I think that's fair. Yes. Well, two weeks later, Derek Uh, went to the house to deal with squirrels in the roof, which is a whole other thing. Sounds like a band name. (laughs) Yes. And now, Uh, opening up for Fleetwood Mac... Squirrels. Squirrels on the roof. On the roof. Oh, yes. Um, all right. So the renter handed him an envelope that had just arrived, and it said, quote, Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. What? <laughs> what a starting line. That's, I, I, that's like... That's like an old English poem or something. Yes, it is. That's like if Shakespeare was writing these letters... Uh huh. Maybe. So here we go. Wait. This quick. I have a question. Is this going to end up being some like high school kid? Like I'm not going to tell you. I know, but I'm just thinking out loud. Like, and so all of his letters are just based on like the writing of whatever. No, whatever. Like (laughs) he's studying in class that week. Oh, so this week we're studying Thoreau. So I'm going to talk all about like the details of the house. And next week. We're studying Shakespeare, so I'm just going to use, like, Shakespearean type language. And I I, I can feel this. It's I a can theory. feel it. It's a great theory. I accept, a theory. I accept responsibility that I have now solved the Watcher case. You all are welcome. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, this letter came two and a half years after the Watcher first appeared. And it kind of came out of nowhere. It was dated February 13th the day that the Brodises gave uh, depositions in their lawsuit against the Woodses. Uh, it goes on to say, You wonder who the Watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. Uh, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. The letter was less stylish and more angry than the others had been, and it seemed that the writer had been closely following the whole story and the news and everything. Um, they said that they had seen the media coverage. Uh, I walked by the news truck when they, uh, when they took over my neighborhood and they mocked me. Okay. Uh, it also mentions Derek's own investigative efforts, which he started after, um, after the police kind of gave up, they hired like a private investigator. It's a whole thing. Um, it says, I watched you, I watched you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. There's a lot of misspellings and like weird language now because like because it's he's a teen. kind of unhinged. An unhinged um, teen. Yeah. Speaking it into existence. So the watcher also mentions um, when they were talking about uh, attempting to tear down the house saying 657 Boulevard survived your attempt to assault your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Okay. Yeah. So All hail the, the Watcher. All right. Creepy. So the renter was mentioned in the letter and he was nervous but agreed to stay if the Brodus's installed cameras all around the house. And the letter also indicated revenge would come in many forms, saying, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick, makes you fell sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Is this going to be the fucking Tylenol murderer? Are we we going to get two, two birds, one stone, please? I don't know. Is that what this it says, is? It says planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. I don't like so, it. So, yeah. It's, it's super creepy. No. But also just says like a bunch of different ways to be injured or killed. It's not really a direct threat saying like these are going to happen to you. But it's threatening uh, enough. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, I wouldn't like it if someone said it to me. No. No. Uh, Maria was very concerned. She said, quote, it's like we were back at the beginning, end quote. But this also meant that there was fresh evidence that might put new life into the investigation. Derek took the police to, uh, 
took the letter to police headquarters where the detective looked at a neighborhood map and traced a circle around the house 300 yards in diameter, suggesting that the watcher must be someone in there. Derek drew a much smaller one, saying, quote, In my view, it's one of ten houses in the world. Okay. I mean, yeah, if they can see directly into your yard and everything, and... I don't know. It's It sounds from the letter that they know way too much for the house to be, like, five blocks over. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be someone a lot closer. Yeah. So the Brodises continued to press the case, but there still wasn't much for law enforcement to go on, and it was possible to look up and down the street and see the watcher and practically anyone. Residents mentioned a, a teenager whose father had grown up around the corner and a man who sometimes walked around the neighborhood playing the flute. Which, that would be my first guess. Okay. Weird flute man. Oh. Um, there was also an elderly couple that lived behind the house for 47 years. One of their kids married a man who grew up in 657 Boulevard. Very weird coincidence. Yeah, that's that's a little bit too... Yeah. And that would explain the my dad watched the house and now I watch the house thing. Like, he grew up there, so his dad did watch the house first. Yeah. But... These are all little bits of information that can mean everything or nothing, depending on how hard you look at them. True. And the Brodus is sent uh, new names to the investigators all the time whenever they found something odd. But their greatest fear was that the watcher would be someone they had never even suspected. So the watcher case has never been solved. <sighs> Except by me. Yes, you solved it. But um, no one officially knows who the watcher is i do i officially know you do you don't have a name you just have a, a an age that that counts youths right. that's fine so in an interesting turn of events as i was researching this case uh i looked up the house on zillow and lo and behold 657 boulevard was sold for nine hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars Ooh. On July 1st, 2019. Oh. Yeah, so we're going to have to wait and see if the Watcher's still out there. If anybody gets any more letters. Oh, I am ready. I am not looking forward to the torture that these people are about to go through, but I'm ready to hear about it. I don't know. I'm kind of interested in the, it's actually the Brodus's hoax case. That would be real. That would be a really interesting theory. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, that, if everything's going to stop case. now that. Yeah. I wonder if everything stops now that they don't own the house. Or do they think they have to keep it up because... Yeah. Yeah. Did did they ever... Did the police ever check out the Brodus's, um handwriting to see if it matched? Yeah, they did. They, they did that. And then um, I think there was at some point, like a year or so later, that... Um, letters arrived to like a bunch of neighbors that said like you're being too harsh um, on the Brodises. They just wanted to like do this, that, and the other thing. They're just trying to like live their lives, be like good people in the neighborhood. And they found out that it was uh, Derek that had written those those letters. <laughs> like, yeah. So he doesn't have a very good track record of no not sending anonymous letters. No, that's not a way to prove your innocence is by sending an anonymous letter. Yeah. Just just a helpful tip. I don't know. I don't think it's any of the Langfords. I don't think I so, th but it's... No. I already told you, it's a teen. All right. It's a local teen. I guess. I mean, it would make sense. I, what is that quote? That if you hear hoofsteps in Central Park, you think... Horse, not zebra. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if they're called hoof steps. I think that's, I don't know. What, I think that's a new Haleyism. If you hear the sound of hooves in Central Park, you think horses, not zebras. I don't know what the exact quote is, but it makes sense that it would be the Brodus's being finding out they're in over their heads. How do we back out of this shit? Uh, let's make it a case where it like we have to sell the house, or they have to let us out of this. Uh, the sale because the house because. is being stalked. Yeah. 
I think that's the most plausible thing rather than some weird psycho just chose this specific family to send all these letters to. Hmm. Anyway. So, uh, obviously it's such an interesting case. Uh, so it became pretty big and the story of the watcher became the inspiration for a thriller TV drama project from former Homeland executive producer, Alex Carey. Um, it was titled The Watcher. I tried to look it up, and I think there was only, like, something with Keanu Reeves in it called The Watcher. I and mean, I do love it's me not this. I tried to find, like, a TV series that was based on this, and I couldn't find it. So I don't know if this, this article that I got this information from was from September of 2015. So I don't know if this just never came to fruition. But it was allegedly called The Watcher and bought by uh nbc okay and it was supposed to be based on the watcher case like uh, a couple oh. buys a house and they're being stalked and they have kids and blah 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 blah, blah. they receive threats in the mail but right i never heard anything about this show so i don't know if it exists but huh. that's just what i found yeah no also, that's, that's interesting yeah um there was that Lifetime movie that I talked about, and I looked it up. It has a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, so pretty standard for a Lifetime movie. Yeah, average. Average. I didn't recognize almost anyone in the cast except for Tracy Toms, who was in Love uh, Rent. Love her. Yeah. Love her. Yep. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, yes. Uh, in an article that I read from December of 2018, there's actually a couple articles about that. Uh, there was a rough bidding war involving six studios and a huge seven-figure deal, and Netflix uh, closed the feature rights to uh, The Watcher, which is the cut article, basically. They got the rights yeah. to the article to make it into a movie. And Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman are scheduled to direct... direct um, the ones that made Catfish, mm -hmm. the documentary. Yeah. Um, and nothing has come of it yet. Like I said, the articles were written in December of 2018. So we're coming up on like a year and we haven't heard anything yet. So hopefully that will show up on Netflix one day. Like most things do. I just turn on netflix and there's a bunch of new shit there i mean i'm ready yeah i'll watch that shit all day yeah. long Ugh, same and this is actually pretty cool according to the website thrillist the westfield watcher passed the jersey devil as new jersey's top urban legend huh right that's that's some pretty that's pretty significant yeah he joins the ranks of well the westfield watcher joins the ranks of New Mexico's Chupacabra, Maryland's Goatman, the Phantom Jogger of Canyon Hill in Idaho, and of course, the Florida Skunk Ape. Thrillist no included in the rationale why each entry uh, was creepy and where it came from. And in this case, with the Westfield Watcher, they said that it passed the Jersey Devil because there is actual doubt of the devil's existence, which I say, no, there's not. No, there's not. The devil is real. Yep. And he lives at Elliot's house. In a <laughs> and little his tower name in is the basement. <laughs> yes. I we even talked it. about Mo in a little while. He's the podcat if you uh, haven't been listening since the beginning. We love Mo. He is the podcat. He is the podcat. I haven't seen him in a couple days and I miss him. I haven't seen him in many days and I also miss He's, him. He is a V small black cat with yellow eyes. Beautiful little demon. And eyes. a beautiful singing voice. Oh, God, the voice of an angel, truly. If you go on our Instagram, which is uh, Crime Culture Podcast. That's Humber.com. At Crime Culture Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can hear him sing. I just gave our website instead of our social media, so that should say about where... We got no sleep last <laughs> night. The website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah, I got that. I should also I say that, that we're done with the episode. Oh, okay, yeah. Also, that by the it. way... But yeah, no. What else do we have to plug before we go? 
We are on Podcoin. Yes, we are. Um, Podcoin is the best. Podcoin is the best, TBH. Um, yeah, so if you don't know about Podcoin, um, you can listen to all of your favorite podcasts, but you get paid to yes. listen, which is a little bit different. And when you do so, um, you can you get pod coins for every, I believe it's 10 minutes that you listen. Mm-hmm. And then those coins can be redeemed for gift cards like Amazon or iTunes, I think, or Starbucks. Definitely Amazon and Starbucks. Um, you can donate your money to a cause that you like. Which um, is nice. Yeah, that's I very like that nice. I that like option. that. Yeah, I really like that. And um, it's kind of like a little good deed for the day. Mm-hmm. And if you use our code, crime G as in grandma, H as in Haley, E as in Erica. Elliot. Elliot. Oh, fuck. Never mind. Never mind. Crime G as in grandma, H as in Haley, E as in Elliot. Um, I can't believe I did that. Um, Then you can get, I believe it's 300 bonus coins. So why the fuck not? Yeah. Why would you use any other code besides ours? Why would you use any other app besides that one? That's true. I know. I speak nothing but the truth. For example, a teen did this with The Watcher. I'm just saying it has to be a teen. Okay. It's a teen, guys. Let's put you on the case. Uh, Put me the fuck on. I, I am amazing at this shit. Put me on. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Go to the website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Go to uh, our link tree where you can find all the links to the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and uh, all places that you could listen, Spotify, TuneIn, I think iHeartRadio, PodCoin, obviously, SoundCloud, um, everywhere. Podbean. Wherever you're listening from. And uh, rate, review, subscribe. Yes, please. Love it. All right. And also join the Patreon, which is linked uh, everywhere on our social media. Yeah, you get fun shit. Yeah. Like, you get to vote on episodes like this. True. This was brought to us. Thank you to our Patreons. Exactly. This was brought to us by our listeners, by our patrons. Yep. And until next week, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.